Welcome to the Legalpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Sager, founder and CEO of Legalpreneur Inc. As a serial entrepreneur and someone that works exclusively with small business owners legally protecting their business, I'm dedicated to covering common legal issues faced by business owners, providing you with the business knowledge you need to catapult your business's growth and showing you just how some of the world's most elite entrepreneurs have handled these legal and business issues themselves. In true attorney fashion, the information in this episode is not legal advice. This is for informational purposes only, and you should always consult with your attorney before implementing any of the information in the show. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Legalpreneur Podcast. I am joined today by Kelly Kusman. She is the founder of Kayla Gray, which is a fragrance company, and Kelly, I'm so excited because you have quite the journey, and I'm really excited for everybody to hear about it, but your stuff smells so good. Like, anybody that's listening, like, I cannot wait for you guys to, like, smell this. I was about to say hear this, but smell it. So, Kelly, thank you so much for joining me today. I am so excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, I'm excited. Okay, tell everybody your journey. How did you get to where you are today? Yeah, so um, Kayla Gray, well, my company is a uh, luxury line of clean fragrances. Um, So everything is non-toxic, hypoallergenic. We're one of the few fragrance companies out there that actually discloses the ingredients within the word fragrance, uh, which we're pretty proud about. We want women to know what they're putting on their bodies. It's important. Um, And really, this journey of mine, me starting my own business, started all the way back 25 years ago. I was born and raised in Wisconsin, and I was always a little bit beauty obsessed, love nature. And when I landed my first job right out of high school, I was uh, going to college and then also decided to work at the same time. I landed my dream job, which was an assistant buyer of women's and men's fragrances, and just was obsessed. I mean, of all things, right? Um, was just totally obsessed. I uh I'll never forget, like the first day I was standing in there, they called it their fragrance closet. And it was like a room, like like a 10 by 10 room, just full of fragrances and just going around smelling all of the different fragrances and falling in love with the way that fragrance really made memories tangible for me. Um, It was such a beautiful, special connection. I would, there's one scent I always talk about. It was called um, Demeter Tomato. And it literally brought me back to being in my mom's garden and just like leaving it, leaving the house in the morning, running around in the woods all day, and then eating tomatoes and sugar snap peas out of her garden. It just brought me back to that moment. Um, so I always, always wanted to be an entrepreneur and start my own business. But I uh, ended up working my way up in the corporate retail and was in corporate retail and held leadership positions for over 20 years. Um, my last company that I was with was PetSmart and I was actually their senior director of sourcing and procurement. Um, I built the domestic sourcing department for the division or division for the company. Um, and so I just loved it. I loved working in retail. I loved working for a corporation, but my heart always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, and it wasn't until 2017, actually, that I suffered from a ruptured ectopic pregnancy and almost lost my life. Mm. And then as well as our first baby. Um, And then it happened again in 2018. And it was really after those two moments that it shook me and it made me realize how short life is and it's, it's not guaranteed and it's so precious and one not to be taken for granted. And so I started working on my company, my dream company, which was a fragrance company. 
and decided to name the company Kayla Gray because that was going to be the name of our first baby, um, just as a way to like honor the heartbreak, but also put something really beautiful and special out into the world. I love that. Oh, it gives me goosebumps every time. And I I know exactly that feeling because we miscarried between my two babies. And I just remember I actually miscarried like two weeks before I started at the big firm that I was working at. And I just remember like, I don't want to go to work. Like, I want to stay home and hold the baby that I do have. Like, I don't want to go to work. And I think that really changed a lot for me. Um, and I, so I'm curious when you started Kayla Gray, were you still working at, in corporate America? Yeah, I was still working full time, uh, managing a team. I was actually building that division for PetSmart while I was building my company. Um, and so it was intense. It was wild. I did that for about 18 months, um, until there was just a point where, you know, I had been saving money and I knew that it was just time. Like my heart wasn't fully in either one. And I knew I needed to go all in on one in order to be the best, you know, leader that I needed to be, whether it was for PetSmart or whether it was for my brand new company. And of course my heart was in my brand new company and we were finally at a place where I was able to afford and step away. And oh, it was just like a dream. So I actually just left my company a year ago in May congrats oh my gosh that's got to be the most exciting feeling in the world and if you're open to talking about some numbers I would love to hear like what were you comfortable with like to finally leave like what like what was your measure to feel like safe enough to leave yeah for me it was really so like about I always kind of because I do coaching for um, entrepreneurs, I always kind of talk to them about like, you kind of almost have to pretend that you don't have your corporate salary and be you know, either saving portions of it or stocking away if you're able to stock away that entire salary to the side and almost kind of like pretend you don't have that corporate job. And so we did that for six months, you know, just to make sure that we were able to save up enough money so that we had some runway, both for my business and also for our personal expenses to, to make me feel comfortable walking away. I am very, I, I'm, I'm big on having, you know, making sure you're mentally prepared to make the big leap going from corporate to entrepreneurship, because there's so many times in which if I just made the leap and, you know, went all in on blind faith, which I know a lot of people do. For me, it would have completely changed my mindset. I would have been operating from a scarcity mindset versus an abundant mindset. And I would have made completely different decisions in my business had I not had that safety net of savings to be able to fall back on. Um, so that's what was really, really, really important for me is that I had six months of savings set aside to make sure that um, I was able to have some runway and I just felt safe and comfortable knowing that you know we were a little bit protected. Nice. So tell me about the products with the company now. So, cause I know, wasn't it initially just candles? No, we've um, always had full size perfumes, rollerball perfumes, and then our candles. Um, a lot of people thought we were a candle company, but actually 80% of our sales are actually done in perfumes. Um, yeah, very little are actually done in candles. Um, so we started with four core scents, which we still have today. So it's the scents that'll like always be around. It's petals, water, cozy, and hearth. Um, and then now we're doing seasonal scent releases. So every day, every 90 days, we create like new scents. And the reason behind that is because sometimes people wear the same scent forever and you almost get too accustomed to it. Like you almost don't smell it anymore. The people around you don't smell it anymore. You're not making new, beautiful, nostalgic memories with. 
And so we release a new scent to kind of layer on top of whatever like core scent that you're wearing of ours or just try something new and special. So talk to me about the holidays. I know we're only, at the time of recording, we're in August, but I love talking to product-based businesses because I used to have a clothing boutique. I manufactured a few things. And so I I know the product side of things, not just the service side of things. So I'm curious, what is your schedule like right now planning for holidays? Like, are you thinking about it? Are, Are you like, I'm already we know exactly what's going on for the holidays or where are you with that? Yeah. So our development calendar starts um, 12 to 18 months out. Um, So everything that we are developing now is typically developed at least 12 months out. Um, And actually there was a a product and a scent that we were working on for the last nine months that still isn't right. So I'm actually not going to be releasing it this fall. Um, So we've been working on a tobacco bourbon scent and I'm like very particular about scents. Like they just, they have to be perfect or I'm not going to release them. And this one, there's just, it's not perfect yet. And so I'm pausing development on that. So I can really focus on the two scents that we, um, that we will be releasing for holiday. But yeah, I mean, for us, scent development starts 12 months out, um, procuring and securing inventory for all of your raw materials for us start six to nine months out. Um, And then production typically starts about three months out from the date of sale or the date that like we expect product to be on our on our website and in stores. Um, so we are in the thick of it right now and we're still experiencing, you know, supply supply chain delays, inflation, increased costs and all of that stuff. And so by planning things out ahead of time, um, you kind you're able to for me, you know, we we're able to negotiate a little bit better and also buy things in bulk in order to save on some of those costs. So yeah, we're in the thick of it right now. That's for sure. Oh, I bet. And I'm curious, how did COVID affect the company? Were you, I'm just curious about that whole experience. Yeah, it was wild. Um, And I would say, thank God for all of my experience within the corporate world. I mean, because I had experience leading teams in fulfillment and inventory and supply chain and sourcing and procurement and financial planning. And so luckily I, I understood that you know, make, keeping an eye on the economy and understanding the impact that it's going to have on your business helps you really understand and make decisions um, to help save on some of those costs. So for us, we actually were planning on launching um, on Black Friday of 2020, um, and our number one best-selling item was our roller balls. And we had a shortage of all things. It was the little glass rollers in the roller balls. Like we couldn't get oh inventory. Gosh those items and so we didn't launch that until january um you know and i was i it's there were so many supply chain issues from literally not being able to find truck drivers for the trucks to get our products here or uh, you know the increase on soy wax was like triple digit numbers it was just wild and so us as a company we've really had to like pivot and flex and you know even still now like there are things that i wish i would have done differently or could do differently, but costs are so high and there's just limited amount of like candle vessels to, you know, for example, like almost every company now is using very similar candle vessels because that's all that's being manufactured because of supply chain and COVID still to this day, COVID issues. Um, so it's it's restricted all of us from a lot of things like being as creative as, as we really want to be. Um, but you just, I think, Another thing that I really learned from, you know, being in large corporations that you just have to figure it out. You have to pivot and adjust. If you sit too long in the indecision, 
um, you know, it, it can cause issues and it can, it can cause delays and really affect your bottom line. Wow. And I think that's something that many product-based business owners need to be aware of. Like it's not just sourcing what you want, because if you are actually creating the products yourself, like it's one thing to buy wholesale from somebody. And then if going on up from there is actually manufacturing and creating the products yourself, like there's so many things that go into that because at the end of the day, like it's, I don't want to say it's easy to buy wholesale because I mean, relatively speaking to whole, like to manufacturing, yes, it is e- a lot easier than manufacturing. But I mean, all of it, some people think, oh, I'm just going to have this product-based business. I mean, we both know Lori with Light Pink is having crazy issues. I don't want people to discount the fact that it's a product-based business. It's like, oh, I'm just going to go pick out this product and I'm going to go sell it. So kudos to you for making it through COVID. And I guess still, you're still seeing those <laughs> yeah. issues. Um, but yeah, so tell me more about the business itself. Who, like how, how big is your team? Who do you, like, who's on your team? Yeah, so it's me. I'm the only employee for Kayla Gray LLC. Um, but we do have a bunch of contract employees that help us out. So I have an incredible web designer um, who does all everything, of, you know, backend operations that she's been with me since day one. Um, I have an operations manager, same. She used to do and manage my social media, and we've kind of pivoted her into um, you know, operations manager, operations future operations director role. We've got a social media manager that helps us out and a virtual assistant. So those were kind of the, you know, the day-to-day team that I have in place. Um, I'm still doing fulfillment out of my house. Like literally 75% of my home is actually Kayla Gray headquarters. I was going to ask about that. Yeah, still, I'm still doing it, picking and packing. I think, I, you know, and I always advise this to my clients um, is that I, you should be doing it yourself for, you know, a, a given amount of time until you really understand what your standard operating procedures are going to be in order to pass that off to somebody else to do it for you in the future. You need that direct connection to your customer. You need to write those handwritten notes and make it special. Connect with your customers when you first start a business. And then even now, I mean, I have been interviewing fulfillment centers for six to nine months and I just, you know, I haven't found the right fit yet. And I think that's okay. I want um, a fulfillment center to represent my small business as if it were their own. And like, nobody's going to do that to the level that I would, but I still want those handwritten notes. I want beautiful ribbon packaging. I want, I want it to be an experience when customers open our boxes. And so until I find the right partner, we're just going to be trucking along here at home and <laughs> our lovely UPS and USPS drivers are, you know, I'm sure we drive them insane, but I think it's important. I think it's really important to continue to do that until you feel really safe and comfortable passing that off to somebody else. Yeah, it's tough. It's really hard to trust anybody. I remember even when I had my boutique, because we had a store, a brick and mortar, and then we sold online. So even trusting somebody to just pick and ship, like that's a level of trust right there. But it's like, wait, let me double check to make sure you got all the right stuff. It's like, Andrea, it's not that big of a deal. It's like, but it is. It It really is. is. And especially if you mix up an order and you have to pay for shipping costs back and forth, like that adds up. Expensive. So, oh, yes, it is not. You know, it's funny you say that. I just, the other day, I just sent a customer my Nordstrom returns. (laughs) (laughs) I switched. I was like, 
you know, I'm picking and packing and I had a Nordstrom order to return. I threw it in the bin. I slapped a label on it thinking it was the Nordstrom label I just printed. No, it went to a customer and she was so gracious. Oh, she was thank like, God. you sent me like five black dresses. And I was like, oh my gosh. I'm like, I am so sorry. And she was like, well, just send me the label. I'll throw it in the mail for you. Like she Aww. went to the post office and... So yeah, we sent her a box of a bunch of extras, but yes, yeah, I bet. Oh, definitely messed up orders on my own in the past. It's hard to trust someone else when I can't even do it right, you know? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. <laughs> I I used to mix up, or I didn't do it all the time, yeah. but it happened and it's like, you just got to hope and pray that they're not, they'll be okay and you can just send them an extra gift and they're happy, they're okay. Exactly. Oh, oh my gosh. It's, I'm getting all this nostalgia from back in the boutique days. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. So what about your husband that, like, how does he feel about it taking over the house? He, I mean, he feels like when I was working full time, like I was the majority of our income. Um, and, you know, and now that I left that job, I am, I'm barely paying myself because all of the money that, you know, I am creating for this business is just going into its growth. And I think that's something that a lot of product-based businesses don't necessarily understand. Like you really got to watch your expenses, got to understand all of the little details within your costs because the majority of the margin that you're making, if you're building a business, is going to go back into your business to, you know, to create and um, produce more product in order for you to increase those sales. Like it, it doesn't, it's, it's harder to scale without the funds for a product-based business. And so he, luckily, I have him to be able to count on for a steady stream of income to help us pay our base bills, you know. But um, we recently, like, renovated, um, or not renovated, we built a cabin up uh, up north in Arizona. And so it's it's go time for me, you know what I mean, to, like, cover a new housing expense and, like, all of the different things that we have going on. And so you know, he felt like, heck yeah, I am the breadwinner in this house and this is awesome. And now I'm like, oh, just wait, I'm coming right up right next to you. I'm going to, I'm going to hit those numbers this year. Um, And he's been just incredibly, incredibly supportive. I mean, as you know, entrepreneurship is very, it's a roller coaster. And like, you have to know that going in the highs are, are really high and the lows are really low. And so, you know, there's days I'm a hot mess crying about roller balls that I can't get in stock for nine months. You know what I mean? But but then you got to let it go and keep it moving. So he's been great. So, he's been great support. I'm curious how you handled the rollerball situation being your best selling item. Did you just tell customers like, hey, they're on back order? How do you handle that? Yeah, I treated it as a new launch. So I didn't even tell my customers that we had rollerballs. Um, and I just launched our full size perfumes and our candles. And and then all of a sudden, like when I found a different source, so I spent a ton of time resourcing those roller balls instead of using the primary source, um, I was able to find two or three backups. And that's, you know, a tip for product based businesses out there. Make sure you always have two or three different sources for all your products just to make sure that you're able to pivot quickly if one of your sources isn't able to have it. Um, but yeah, I was able to resource fairly quickly within like 30 days to find a new source. It was pricier, but I was able to get the inventory in stock. And then we treated it as a brand new launch. It was like, oh, hey, new year, new item, um, and launched Rollerball. So nobody nobody behind the scenes had any idea. Nobody in front of the scenes had any idea what was going on behind the scenes. Perfect. Perfect. So how do you feel about pre-sales? Because I remember back in my boutique days, there was always um, talks with the other business boutique owners, like, how do you feel about 
pre-sales and some people are like it's great i get this income in but then it's like what happens if something like a sourcing problem happens so i'm curious how you feel about them yeah we don't do pre-sales unless we've secured the majority of the inventory. I think pre-2020, pre-COVID times, I think pre-sales would be an excellent way to secure some cash before you were, you know, you needed to produce. And a lot of businesses need to do that now. They don't have the cash flow to be able to do large production runs. Um, so our recommendation is, you know, you could do pre-sales, you could have the customers pay 100% or do a 30% down payment, 50% down payment, whatever you need in order to create that large production run. Um, if that's something that you need to do for your business. For us, I don't feel secure about it until our economy gets into a little bit of a better place, um, unless I have the majority of those raw materials available to me. So like we take pre-sales for our holiday. So holiday for us won't be released until the first week of October, but we did take pre-sales this month in, in August um, to make sure that we had enough inventory. And if we needed to increase production, we were able to do so um, because we had enough raw materials on hand. Um, to be able to do that. But yeah, it's, it just depends on everybody's business is, is a little bit yeah. different. Oh my gosh. I, uh, I, there's some days when I miss it. I'm like, man, I miss the, pro you know, the products and blah, blah, blah. But then like hearing about you right now, I'm just like, oh no, I don't miss it. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's so many moving parts, like literally little moving parts that you have to put together. Oh, well, Kelly, before I let you go, I ask everybody the same question. What is your number one business tip? Oh, number one business tip for me, it really goes back to that roller coaster, right? Knowing that you, whatever business you're in, whether it's a corporate job, whether it's entrepreneurship, like knowing that business and just life in general is a roller coaster. And that, like I said, there's going to be high highs and low lows. But for me, like I go back to like knowing, I almost know that like my path is already written for me. And so it kind of helps me slow down a little bit and be really grateful and try to be more present in the everyday moments and in the wins versus like really focusing on the negative stuff. Um, having a positive mindset, knowing that any hard days, like you'll get through them. You'll get through them. The next up is coming. Um, so just really knowing that there's going to be up and downs and kind of preparing yourself for it. Um, and then that's normal and it's normal and that, you know, to really ground yourself and be present in every day. I make a practice of literally going outside every day, looking up at the sky and just taking a deep breath in. Um, otherwise we move through our day so quickly and we're just not really paying attention. Yeah. I love that. Beautiful. Well, tell everybody how they can get their hands on some Kayla Gray materials. I love it. So we're on Instagram at Kayla Gray Co. So it's C-A-Y-L-A-G-R-A-Y-C-O. And then obviously our website is kaylagray.com. So C-A-Y-L-A-G-R-A-Y.com. And yeah, our holiday sense will be releasing the first or second week of October. And we can't wait to hear what everyone thinks. Amazing. Thank you so much. Sandria. Here at Legalpreneur, we're committed to providing a supportive legal community for all business owners. I know how scary the legal stuff can be. If you found this information helpful, I would be so grateful if you could share it with a fellow business owner. And quite frankly, it doesn't cost anything to rate, review, or subscribe to the show. Your support helps me reach more listeners, which allows me to support more business owners in their entrepreneurial journey. Have any questions or comments about the show? 
feel free to drop me a line on Instagram. I promise I read all of the messages and comments. And if you want to be a guest on the show or know someone that would make a great guest, simply fill out our application form and a team member will reach out if we think it's a good fit. I'll see you in the next episode.